0: Chapter 8, Moving Beyond the Current Reality of What Is I accept the world around me. Nothing needs to change for me to be at peace. When we no longer feed the illusions of life, we free ourselves to move forward with change. By reaching toward a conscious life will deeply impact the collective consciousness. How do we get there, though? The answer to the to this question is complex. The first step is letting go of our limited beliefs about ourselves and moving into a relationship with the Silence. Embracing each other is another step that greatly impacts consciousness. As we embrace each other, we begin to wake up to the reality of unity. We learn to live a more conscious life in small steps, Each one's important, each one rippling into the world and raising our collective consciousness. The condition of the world reflects mass consciousness. When we observe what's happening around the globe, the quality of collective consciousness becomes evident. The qualities we like we should embrace, but those we don't like are the very things that we often need to address in ourselves. I've noticed that the aspect of myself that I needed to heal were always qualities that I was intolerant of in others. During my middle years, the world around me held a great deal of my attention. But my endless list of complaints and worries kept me from seeing how my unconscious behavior only added to the problems that disturbed me. I felt the world was the problem and that I was powerless to change anything. As I began my healing journey from the wounds from my early adolescence, I slowly realized the world around me was never the problem. The biggest obstacle was me. Yes, collectively, we are the world, But if we don't like what we see, it's an invitation to change ourselves. Early into the year 2020, a pandemic started to sweep over the world. It quickly moved from country to country, shutting everything down. Next came the rules that our governments began to impose on the citizens to control the spread. As we put on our masks and distance ourselves socially... My initial thoughts were, this is ironic. We've been wearing masks and distancing ourselves from others long before we were required. Wearing a mask and social distancing. Social media has changed how we connect and communicate with each other. Over social media, we display our lives as a highlight reel posting, all the wonderful things that we're doing. However, that reel fails to display an authentic or an accurate depiction of our lives. We put on a mask and cover up all the parts we don't want others to see. The dramatic irony of social media is that it has created distance between people in some ways. What started out as an alternative way to connect with others in many ways has accomplished the opposite. The cyber barrier of social media has given us a false sense of connection while we hide behind our phones and laptops. We have fewer real-time conversations and face-to-face interactions. Clicking like on a post or posting a one- or three-word comment has replaced meaningful engagement with our friends and family. We've been slowly distancing ourselves from each other for more than a decade, long before our governments put these rules in place. Embracing each other and reversing social distancing. Reversing social distancing is the first step to help us move beyond our current reality. In every type of relationship, the single most essential ingredient is communication. We connect and communicate and openly share ourselves when we come together with others. The other side of communication is taking the time to listen and appreciate the experience of our friends and family. Here are some ways to remove the distance we have created. Instead of brief comments on social media, take take a minute and write an actual sentence or three. Call a friend instead of texting or messaging. Create opportunities to gather face-to-face. Allow yourself to be honest and vulnerable on social media and enduring face-to-face interactions. Take time to get to know people. Engage others with questions and genuine curiosity about how they're doing. Find out about what's going on in their lives and what's important to them. Celebrating another's success and taking the time to share in another person's joy is a fantastic way to reverse social distancing. These are just a few ideas for making real connections with people. By committing to reversing social distancing, we begin to make small changes. Whenever I'm on the phone with a business, for example... I start with my conversation with, hello, how are you today? I make it a practice to always treat others as real people, whether or not I know them. I try to create positive interactions with people. Another example is to make eye contact with a cashier in a retail store or a drive-thru attendant. Engaging and embracing others helps bridge the gap between us. If we balance our preoccupation with achieving our goals with authentically connecting to the people who flow into our lives, we experience deeper intimacy with the world instead of everyone for themselves mentality. It's time to apply a we versus me approach. Reaching towards unity. To move into our next phase of evolution we must surrender our beliefs about the individual self. We are not single, separate human beings, but a collective. Unity exists between us and others, even if we're we're not always conscious of it. When we embrace the unity we collectively share, we release the idea that we're separate from each other. Taking the first step of removing social distance is helpful, But we're still a long way off from experiencing the real depth that unity has to offer. Embracing unity seems like an abstract concept. So how do we do it? Here are seven things to consider when embracing unity consciousness. One, meditate. Meditation changes our relationship with the mind. And I've I've mentioned this a few times already in this book. It also helps us connect to the silence. Unity consciousness is a universal truth we discover in the silence. Therefore, the more time we spend resting in it, the more we uncover this truth. Two, share yourself, including your vulnerabilities. When we openly share ourselves, we let other people into our lives Allowing ourselves to be vulnerable helps others connect with us because it opens a deeper understanding. Not everyone we meet will know how to handle our vulnerabilities, nor would we share an intimate story while paying for a cup of coffee in a drive-thru. Being vulnerable doesn't mean that we are required to share our deepest, darkest secrets. It means we allow ourselves to respond to what's in front of us of us with honesty without worrying how others will perceive us. Honest, authentic engagement naturally weaves vulnerability into our experiences with others. Three, work toward understanding others. By taking the time to understand others, we naturally close the gap between us, A common trait we all share is looking for our similarities when we meet a new person. We do this to determine whether we have common ground to move forward. However, understanding others is not about being the same as them. It's more about learning who they are. We'll never escape our limited beliefs if we only spend time with people who hold the same views. When we are secure in ourselves, it doesn't matter if others support our beliefs. In fact, it can make for a more engaging conversation when others think differently. There are times, there have been times when I've met people who held very different views than mine, but when we started openly sharing, I found more common ground than I thought was possible. 4. Leading with Compassion Leading with compassion helps create connections with others. When someone is difficult or unfriendly, we can sometimes turn around their day if we allow the grace of compassion to flow out of us. Sharing compassion automatically invites the power of love to arise between ourselves and others. Being compassionate towards others, we gain a better understanding of their struggle and learn how to cultivate love and respect for them. Compassion reduces our judgments and opens our minds and hearts to making real contact with each other. 5. Praise Praise has the power to move a person from their mind to their hearts. The Ashaya monks taught me that praise is a doorway into gratitude. If you pay someone a compliment, a typical response is thank you. The term paying a compliment suits, because praise is a valuable tool. When we praise another person, we look for what we appreciate versus what we don't like about them. And there's always something to praise in another. Praise also has a way of sparking gratitude in others. 6. Show Gratitude Gratitude contains powerful energy because it has the potential to move us into love. Praise leads to gratitude, and gratitude leads to love, creating a bond between you and another. We can experience gratitude in our minds, but the deepest states of gratitude are generally experienced in our heart. We are closer to experiencing unity consciousness when we become more heart-centered. And seven, give love even when it's not reciprocated. We might not enjoy everyone we meet. However, just because we don't share another's views or aren't attracted by their personality doesn't permit us to hold back our love. If we remove our love because we don't agree with another's actions or beliefs, we've moved into conditional love versus unconditional love. Unconditional love means that sharing love without any requirements. When separateness falls away. When the experience of unity moves into our consciousness, the perception of separateness falls away. In Be Love, a book about awakening, I dedicated an entire chapter to unity. But much more can be said. For an experience of unity to come into our consciousness there must be fertile ground for it to take root. The silence is the fertile ground. When we reach the point at which silence is ever-present in our conscious awareness, the experience of unity naturally begins to arise. The capacity to experience unity has always been within us. But when we focus on our mind instead of the silence, unity consciousness quickly slips away, Because the mind believes that we're separate. A belief in separateness and the experience of the deeper reality of unity consciousness cannot coexist. That would be like calling yourself a vegetarian and having a portion of meat each meal. The mind and unity don't live in the same house. The more people who open up to unity consciousness, the faster we transcend our current reality and move into one that holds a greater truth. Unity is a big step on the road to enlightenment as we continue to awaken to the reality of what is. Changing our beliefs. There are beliefs we hold in our minds that pull us out of deeper states of consciousness. When we challenge these beliefs, we overcome the lower states of consciousness holding us back. We hold the keys to our liberation. Here are two concepts in particular that are important to challenge and flip in order to create a more empowering mindset. The two are, I need to control, and the second one is, my circumstances limit me. So the first one, I need to control. The need to control is rooted in fear. Most of us have an underlying fear that if we don't take charge, the outcome of what we're trying to control will not be successful. The idea that nobody but me would get this right is something I struggled with for many years. My fears did not allow for any possibilities other than those I held in my mind. The irony is my need to control was controlling me. The more out of control my life became, The more I needed to control. I micromanaged my business and my employees as well. I held a my way or the highway type of attitude. I carried the same type of attitude into my relationships. Some of my control issues started when my high school sweetheart cheated on me with someone I should have been able to trust. When that trust was broken, I lost two people I loved, which left me feeling out of control. I was unable to trust anyone but myself and needed to control all my circumstances around me just for my own protection. The opposite of control is trust. Trust can be an empowering experience that liberates us from the turmoil of needing to control. Trust relaxes the body and settles our busy minds. So the second belief, my circumstances limit me. The idea that our circumstances keep us from moving beyond our current reality is rarely true. This belief causes us to be a victim rather than a creator of our lives or a co-creator. If we believe our circumstances limit us, we've lost touch with the creative power that lives within us. When it comes to living with purpose, we are limited only by our beliefs. Our position in life is no accident. When we can embrace our present circumstances, whatever they are, with passion for serving, loving, being present, we'll experience joy from doing just about anything. There will be no more limits on our imagination and creativity. One of the tendencies of the mind is is to desire what we don't have because we often think that filling those desires will make us happy. When I wasn't content with my life, I would often daydream about the future. I dreamed about all the material objects that I'd re- acquire and the experiences I'd have. However, when I came out of my daydream and looked around me, I'd feel depressed and start having thoughts like, I will never get ahead. Empowerment is believing we already have everything we need to fulfill our destiny. If we hold this empowered mindset, it becomes our job to utilize what we have to achieve our purpose. Maintaining trust helps us see what is flowing into our lives to support our purpose. By embracing life as creative and abundant, we position ourselves to see all the opportunities that surround us. Challenging the concept of duality. The concept of duality states that everything has an equal and opposite. That we are separate, opposing force to everything around us, and that the world is bound to the physical laws of, of the universe. However, the reality outside of dualism is that everything in the world is a unique, interconnected expression of the divine. Physical reality is simply an expansion of that cosmic consciousness. All that moves into form through the creative intelligence of the divine comes as a perfect expression. The expression of God is never an opposite or a reaction to something else. Where duality depends on equally opposing forces, God's reality is a singular breath of creation that moves and evolves until it finds its way back to the unmanifest. The idea of good and evil is an outdated model of belief. The labels, good and bad, are just projections of the mind. What appears to be bad can sometimes turn out to be the best thing that could ever happen. Dualistic thinking narrows our perspective and rules out the grey possibilities between black and white. Outside of duality, we find a flow of cycles and potentials always at play. And while we can't always understand the complexity of why certain events occur in the world, faith in God often settles our minds when tragedies happen. The old symbol, a circle with a dot in the center of it, is an ancient symbol that has many interpretations. I believe the dot is God and the circle is life. When we open ourselves to the idea that Life is not up or down, positive or negative. We can easily explore the oneness of life. Life is a constant creative process, and it will continue to change and move beyond the current reality because it's creative. The search for a utopia, for perfection, can never lead us into a physical reality because it's not a specific place utopia already surrounds us we cannot find god in a specific place yet god is everywhere at the same time this is not an expression of duality but a oneness of god when we begin to live in god's oneness we arrive at no place that is utopia